Hey everybody, welcome to a very special You Have to Watch This podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today, instead of doing a live show on Twitch where you get to see, get to see our faces while we talk, you're just going to get to hear us in your ear holes. Today, uh, in honor of May the 4th, Star Wars Day, we are doing an audio commentary on Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Um, the, the best one? Best prequel? I'm going to say best prequel. Say. Let's do best prequel. Um, it's the most well-respected. The one that the internet loves... Yeah, it's the one that the, it's the one that the internet loves the most, um, which is why we're doing it. So what you can do if if you're listening to us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, just uh, get have your po- phone ready and your copy of episode three either on Disney Plus or your DVD or your Blu-ray or was this one on VHS? Oh, I bet it was. It had to be. I think it might have just it. I think it might have just missed. I think the last major. VHS release was Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which came out a year before this. It was the first Star Wars film to never be released on VHS in the United States. There you go. Wow. Um, so go ahead and get your copy ready. We are all lined up after several attempts at doing this beforehand. <laughs> um, we are all lined up. One of us is going to hit play and it's going to go. Um but we're lined up at the black screen at zero minutes and zero seconds. So on the count of three, you're going to go ahead and hit that play button. And we're going to talk about Star Wars while you watch. All right. Three, two, one. I hit play. Perfect. We all good? I got it. There's Point that central box. Yep. Ryan? Yep. Awesome. I'm seeing Ralphie on top of the uh, TH, so it's perfect. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. You know what? Lucasfilm. I'm glad they don't have that, like, ex- they didn't, like, digitally re-add that, like, extended Star Wars intro that they have. Yeah. I I think that's going to be a thing on all the Star Wars shows. I'm surprised they haven't put that in front of the movies after Mando. I don't love it. I'm going to be honest. I don't know why I don't like it, but I don't like it. Are you guys talking about that new one? It. Where they've got like yeah, the fancy they, like, lights show everyone's and stuff? Face. Yeah. Uh, it, it fits almost every other like uh, title that's out right now. Like everybody has these flashy like openings, but I mean, at least it's kind of subdued, you know, like it's not like in your face like the Marvel one is. You know what I mean? I mean, that's true. I mean, I think it's hard to compare it to the Marvel one because the Marvel one always gets me hyped, no matter what. I well, like it. It's just a little long sometimes. <clears throat> I, I've got in the habit of skipping most fanfares recently. <laughs> oh, I'll watch them. Uh, I'll, I'll watch them and I turn up the music for that part. Like, I just let <laughs> it run. Side note, why is Jedi Knight capitalized here? They capitalize some strange words. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Jedi Knight, it's a, it's a proper... It's a proper name. But is Separatist Droid Army? Because, like, Droid doesn't have to be capitalized, right? That's not a proper noun. I don't know why no. I'm getting into grammar here. It's a droid army. They're droids in an army, so it's a droid army. It's yeah. not, like, an official name. A Jedi Knight's a, a, a title. It's an official title of somebody. Yeah. And the Separatist Droid Army is a is the title of that army so 
That makes sense. I don't know what it is about those like rhythmic drums here, but I love that. Well, it kind of opens to like the magnitude of what you're about to see, because like, uh, because like this is to me the best opening of any of the prequel movies, because. Like when they go over the edge, it's just like, oh my god, this is this looks amazing. You see this massive war right beneath them. Yeah, chills, you chills, know, I'm getting me, chills. This <laughs> makes me this makes me sad that they stopped doing the 3D re-releases because I would love to see this one in 3D. That would be cool. Like just this opening. Uh, I would definitely want the motion seats though to go with it. Make it a Disney ride, whole movie. <laughs> Yeah, that would be fun, actually. <laughs> that's that's what I want in Galaxy's Edge. Just a simulator of flying an X-Wing. That or would be, a Jedi I mean, Starfighter. To be fair, the simulator of flying the Millennium Falcon is really cool. But you don't you don't flip upside down and stuff. <laughs> that's true. You don't. I, I want like a full immersion rig where you're doing spins and like a full control thing. Spins are a cool trick. <laughs> no, I they love have these. Cooler ship tricks in this than in the the original trilogy, and I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you think Anakin's ship here is yellow because of um, Episode One? Like, do you think that's a flashback to that? Like oh, a, you know, I do think about that. Well, I, I just na- like this movie came out how many years ago, and I just now noticed that too. Well, the uh, it would make sense because I mean these things are personalized to the individual Jedi, so. They would be able to customize it, I would think. So yeah. maybe yellow is his favorite color. Maybe. I didn't think about this, but it's going to be hard for me to watch a lot of this movie and not giggle every time a meme format shows up. Yeah. Like, this is where the fun begins. <laughs> <laughs> Let the clones die. I mean, that... <laughs> Oh, there it is. So out of all the droid army, this this is like my favorite tandem between like two droids working together, the vulture droids and these things that are about to like appear. Are they buzz droids? Is that what they're called? Or are they just like annoying shocky droids? I always called them shock droids, but they are called buzz droids. Yeah. What's the deal with Obi-Wan in flying? Why doesn't he like it? Because of this. Um, oh, is it because of this? That's what I always took it as. I thought he didn't like flying before this. <laughs> I don't I don't think he did like flying before this. So. Oh, no. I thought there yeah. was like some like horrible backstory that I missed in Clone Wars or something. No. No, I I think you're right because he makes a comment when they're like doing the like car chase in the second one. In Clone Wars. Oh, I forgot that car chase was a thing. I don't love that part. Do you think it's because of episode one? Like everything underwater with the with Jar Jar? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the, there's always a bigger fish scene. Yeah. Best scene. Man, I love flying these things in... Uh, Battlefront 2 from 2005. Oh, yeah. They're so, like, zippy. See, mine will always be a this TIE Fighter. really want to play Squadrons. <laughs> I, I think I just like flying Interceptors. 
See, I gotta play that game. Do they let you fly the big capital ships? No. It'd be boring. Well, you have it on Xbox. Yeah, I just haven't opened Don't it you? up yet. Like it's it's entirely my fault that I haven't played it. Well, if you're doing a stream on Monday. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Attachment issues. Poor droid. <laughs> Why is R2 the only one with these cool weapons? And off it goes. Okay, I think my frame rate's definitely better now. Oh, good. So, I think that's what it was. That makes sense then. See, of all of the close calls of, like, vehicles or whatever, like, going in just before a door closes, this one's the most ridiculous. Is it? Why? It's just because of how fast the thing was closing and how far away they were, and it just doesn't make any sense to me, like, how they made that. <laughs> I just like that you got the, the classic, I have a bad feeling about this line, though. That made it good. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever play Revenge of the Sith, the video game? Yes. No. <laughs> that had some of the most fun lightsaber action in a Star Wars game. See, it did, and now and I'm, a, I'm trying to think of anyone to compare it to. See, when it comes to video, like like you know, like Star Wars game games, like I'm more of a fan of the like non Jedi perspective. Like I like the like the star fighting. Or being the stormtrooper, or rebel, or you know, like a rebel soldier, or being like a Han Solo type going through the world. Because I've never yeah. found the controls to work a lightsaber to be fun. I it's always more frustrating for me. I want to play Beat Saber so bad. I do I too, though, because I feel like that would be neat. That would be different enough. I think I would enjoy that one. Captain America moment. Yep. Every time I'm in an elevator with other people, I just want to be like, so before we do this, <laughs> does anybody want to get off? That's what you call straight to... That's just going to make so many people uncomfortable. It's going to make so many... This is what I'd use lightsabers for. If they ever really existed, I would just use them to like cut in holes and walls and like fuse metal together. That would be it. I wouldn't even use it as a weapon. I'd just use it as a tool. You know, Ryan welding ink. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but when I like first saw this movie, like this scene here with them in the elevator and then like when they're in a hall in a few seconds... It almost turned me off for the whole movie. Why? I I think the acting's a little hammy in it. And it's like, a Star Wars reason, movie. The sets, I know, but the sets feel <laughs> a little like fake in it. And like it's... the force field they get trapped in looks dumb. Okay, so it's all CGI. Of course, nothing's going to look real. Of course, it's going to look dumb. Of course, it's going to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're right. I mean, 
I, I will say this. I think the elevator is like one of the only real sets in this movie. <laughs> and I don't know why it looks so fake to me. Lighting. I don't know. I, actually, no, looking at it, it looks like it's a green screen. That's one of the things you don't need to green screen. Yeah, but George Lucas really went hard on the green screen with this he one. He did, though. So. I think it's because he wanted it to look exactly the way he wanted it to look, so he could do it all in post, yeah. technically. That's true. This, I mean, he was ahead of his time because even the Mandalorian, like that's all shot on screens, but they have that projector now, like that that Ep- Epic Games real engine uh, screen that they use, and it looks a lot more realistic than this stuff. And George Lucas even said, like, this is what I wanted. Right. <laughs> I I was ahead of the the curve, but this is what I wanted to do the prequels on. I mean, don't get, me, yeah. the, don't get me wrong. It still but, looks good. Mm-hmm. So this is what I like about this scene, and particularly about this movie, is that you've got the lighting that goes along the pillars and along the floor and on the stairs. It's mm-hmm. similar to Return of the Jedi, where they go, where, you know, Vader ends up taking Luke to see the Emperor. The aspect of the lighting is almost exactly the same on the controls and the stairs and on the floor but everything else is still kind of like simpler um, and a little bit more like organically designed compared to the room that they're in, in, in return of the Jedi. It almost like it, it almost goes from having some art, you know, like some art in the architecture to just being purely industrial. Well, that's what I like watching these movies is watching all of their equipment slowly turn into empire stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm excited for the Bad Batch because it's the first time we're actually going to get to see the transition in a actual visual form. Like the comic books have done it, um, but we haven't seen it on a show or in a movie in detail. That's yeah. true. That would be cool. So, I I haven't related anything to sports in a while, and I have to now. So oh, you yeah. see how the Emperor <laughs> is watching like Luke and Count Dooku and all them fight, and he's got like a look yeah. of like interested intent on his face to see who is going to actually win. So yeah. that was me in 2010 when the Blackhawks and the Philadelphia Flyers were playing in the Stanley Cup series because I'm a fan of both teams flat out. But yeah. my dad was a Blackhawks fan, and almost all of my friends were Flyers fans. And I was interested in hockey, and I followed, but I didn't really have an official team. So when I so when it came that the Flyers and the Blackhawks were playing each other, I was like, that's it. Whoever wins this series, I'm going hard in and being a hardcore fan of that team. <laughs> um, so, like, just the Emperor's look on his face of, like, you know, who who's going to win? Like, I totally get that. And then that was me when... The Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup <laughs> in, <laughs> in 2010. He's like, oh, take him out. <laughs> Just whoever. <laughs> I, I love that. Romana and I do that a lot. If we're like, should we do this? We'll go, do it. See, I'll, 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 there's a bit in this that I do with my wife that I'll, I'll tell you guys later. Oh, I can't wait. It is, and it's not the choking thing. Uh, <laughs> is it the it's over Anakin, I have the high ground? Because it better be. No, but it is an Obi-Wan line. Um, There's so much stuff running through my mind that shouldn't be, and I blame you for that. 
I love how, like, I know that they kind of allude to Anakin moving that platform off of Obi-Wan, but if you're not paying attention, if you blink, you'll miss it. So it totally uh-huh. looks like Obi-Wan was pinned, but yet, Luke, but, you know, Anakin could run over and just easily turn him over on his back, even though his legs were pinned underneath, like, a two-ton uh, piece of metal. <laughs> I just like the read that Obi-Wan's overreacting in that scene. Obi-Wan over, o- always o- overreacts to things, and I love it. <laughs> I love the illusion to his fate will be the same as ours and they all die on the Death Star. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Now, up coming soon is my favorite line from this movie in like the next two minutes. Oh no, I'm worried that it's my least favorite line in this whole movie. We're we're going to find out. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> because my to... least favorite line's coming up. Okay, I'll put it. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's like okay. basically a dad joke, and that's why I like it. Okay, got it. No, not my least favorite line. Okay. Have you guys seen the deleted scene from this? When right before they get on the elevator, uh, Anakin is speaking droid. To translate what R2 said? Oh, what? God. Thank God they cut that out. Yeah. It's really bad. Because uh, It's not bad. It's weird. I gotta look it up now. Because I like the illusion of them just knowing what he's saying. I like that illusion. Yeah. Like, I love that it's never explained. I, I like that when somebody's in a ship, like, in the TIE Fighter, there's, like, the little translator for Luke to be able to read what oh, R2 yeah. is saying. But when he's, like, beeping and blooping, like, to his face, he can understand perfectly what he's saying without having a translator. And I love the fact that it's never been answered as to why that's possible. And I just wanted to stay that way. Yeah. Just like he did it in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Here you it see is. Peep. Hate that line. Why? I I just think it's so poorly delivered. I love you and McGregor. I just like. I don't know. I don't like the shield. I don't like the line. I don't like the hallway. Well, there's a whole sequence from this part that was cut where they, where Grievous kills a Jedi in front of them. Oh, wow. In these beams. So, Devin, you just don't like it when characters and movies you feel are strong get put in a position where they're inept, I feel. I, no, I don't even think it's that. I think it's just you and McGregor going, how did this happen? We're stronger than this. Smarter and than like, this. Smarter. I was like, Ugh. But the other part of it is he knew he was going to, like, activate a trap. That's what they, like, Obi-Wan just said that, like, uh, ten minutes ago. Yeah, and that's and why when he they said did, we're smarter like, than this. But he knew they were going to activate the trap. So, like, this should be part of the plan anyway. Like, Obi-Wan should have been like, oh, good, I was hoping this would happen. Well, t- t- to me, it humanizes them, because they're not perfect. I mean, that's true. Well, only one of them is. Oh, my God. So... I love that this is the first time Grievous and Anakin meet. Because oh. even in the Clone Wars, they never meet. I didn't know that. So, 
I feel like when R2 does that and all of his like tools come out and he freaks out and like gets everybody's attention, I feel like that's visually what an anxiety attack feels like, but you can't physically do that. But what R2 does when he's going like freaking out and all the stuff's going on, like that's what and that is visually what an anxiety attack feels like. But as a human, you can't do that. I just I don't know why I've always referred to that as that. But it there you makes go. sense, though. This is a really weird version it's of the also, Headless Horseman. It's also what it—it's also what it feels like to open all of the things on a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't have any like you know aerosol can spray like R two does. Way to go, R two! Destroying the ozone layer. <laughs> I mean, they're in space. I don't think there is an o- ozone layer. Exactly, because R two keeps on spraying his aerosol. The only reason space is space is because R2 did that. Exactly. Okay, my favorite line's coming up here. It's got to be within, like, a minute or two. I know my my concept of time is horrible, so I apologize. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I forgot about that whole fight on the bridge. See, children, that's what you sound like when you smoke menthol cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I I had to throw that joke in there. I'm sorry. Man, R2 has seen some stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know that he beeped. Uh-oh there we go. That That's it. Yeah, I saw that in the captions. What was it? You, you guys talked over my favorite line. Okay, fine. What was your okay. favorite line? It's okay. I we think we're something? still... No, it's okay. I think we're still flying half a ship. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I think we lost something. It's okay. We're still flying half a ship. <laughs> it's a good line. It, it it it's great. Like it to me, it's like the best dad joke they have in this movie. This movie does a really good. This this first act does a great job of showing the relationship between Anakin and Obi Wan as friends and and brothers. And it does a good job of like making you feel like like hey, they have like this really long off scene like off off-screen history with each other. Yeah. yeah. Like, they trust each other a lot. I think this might be my favorite line. It's a good one. That screen wipe. Green wipe? The screen wipe? Screen screen wipe. Is it the Falcon in this scene here? Yeah, it is. Uh, There it is. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's fun. The transitions in this movie are great. See, this is. I forget how many screen wipes they use in Star Wars in general. 
See, to me, this has got to be the worst CGI part of the film. Well, it's hard to get that level of, like, the kind of depth they're going for in this scene in CG. Yeah. But it's just that that whole ship, to me, is just... Like, not the stuff behind Anakin. Like, all that's whatever. But, like, him leaning on it and having the, like, hydraulic thing right there and where he's putting his arm. Like, I feel like where he's resting his arm doesn't line up with the hardware of the ship like i feel like he's putting his arm somewhere that's going to be pinched off and then and then when he removes his arm there's not even a flat surface for him to be resting his arm on <laughs> he's just leaning no but i mean yeah i mean he's leaning but his heart but i mean like his forearm was perfectly flat and if he was leaning like that like his forearm would hurt and i understand that like he doesn't want to show pain probably but still like that's just uncomfortable for a useless reason <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. Oh, was that his like flappy ears? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was just like random Gungan. Like how they gave her like Leia's kind of hair in this scene. It's an interesting choice. Also, isn't Organa still just like right there? I think so. He's just creeping. He's just creeping. Bail Organa never bails on a on a conversation. <laughs> I hope that's a thing. <laughs> Are you sure that's what the stick said? That's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> That'd be a really quick movie if that's where he got that angry that quick. If that's where he got that yep. angry. <laughs> and done. <laughs> Supposedly there is a deleted scene where Obi-Wan confesses that he knew about them and just let it happen because it made Anakin happy. That's one of two scenes I wish they brought back in this movie. Cause I think yeah. it would have added a lot more. Well, because that would also play into the like relationship that he gave up. And then you could tell that he would have, you know, th- that he was having second thoughts on it towards the end. Yeah. Exactly. Well, to be fair, the whole Satine thing came after the fact for this. True. True. Like that wasn't, that wasn't in the plans the Clone Wars series was not planned out before this movie. Yeah. It would just be, you know, it'd be cool if it was. That's all. Yeah. Because it would really give a lot of depth to that character. Yeah. I love the way he walks. I think the, the, one of the coolest things about the Clone Wars is that it gives you a chance to expand on these stories and these characters' arcs so much more after the fact. So you get 
you get that added layer of Obi-Wan with Satine and in their relationship compared to Anakin and Padme's and well you even get more Grievous which I just think is good because I think like like Maul he's I, I understand that Maul and Grievous were like one movie characters for a reason but I just like more time with them yeah well they all they all foreshadow the uh, Anakin's future exactly Maul is the anger Dooku is the fallen Jedi and Grievous is the uh, cyborg you know, I never realized that until now. I'm so happy I'm not the only one that's, that's sitting over here going, oh, I was today years old. When? <laughs> right, exactly. Man, they went all out on her costumes in this movie. Yeah, they did. I've got the making of Revenge of the Sith here with me. And there's, like, just chapters on the, her costumes. Well, I think her costumes were just iconic. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see her costume for Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, right. That's going to be cool. I hate this conversation. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be down around this movie. No, no. I'm right there with you. And Okay, good. It, it, and it's not just the conversation. It's also, like the directing they got for acting in that scene because of sure. how like i i don't know what it is like i i think i think it's it's a combination of the conversation his his demeanor and her demeanor in that scene i just don't it doesn't fit for me okay here's a th- here's a here's a hot take okay do you think anakin is so powerful in the force that he's influencing her to be in love with him the way he's in love with her I like that take. I don't know. Because that can almost explain why the dialogue is so weird between them. Because it is such a weird moment in episode two where she's she's like, kiss me before we go die. Like, it's... <laughs> Who hasn't said it's that, almost like Classic. Yeah. Does, that, does that make sense? It does. Yeah, I, mean, I, I wonder. It's a... It's an interesting thought, but all of those lines kind of fall into the same category with, I love you. I know. Like, to me, like, all that falls under the same category as that, kind of. So, like, I never really... I mean, it's definitely an interesting thought, and I like the theory, and it's one to definitely ponder. But I kind of throw those lines into the same category as that one famous line from The Empire Strikes Back. So wait, do you not like I love you, I know? No, I do. I really like it. It's just, okay. it's a corny line. I mean, I love it. Okay. We we have, my wife and I have towels that say that, that we don't use, that, that are like um, hanging up on a railing. And it's got Solo and Leia's like silhouettes and it has those lines underneath it. I love the line. It's just, it is corny and it fits, you know, this, <laughs> it is corny and it fits the Star Wars like, you know, thing. It's just all of those lines that like they have for each other too all fall into that same category for me. Yeah, I can see that. That's just like a more distilled version of all of these lines. Yeah. Everything about these movies are corny. That's kind of why I like it. I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, they're they're, they're kids' movies. Why wouldn't she be allowed to serve on the Senate if she has a baby? The Queen wouldn't want her to. 
the queen. queen would want her to sir like just focus on being a, a mother i keep forgetting that she's not the queen anymore it's weird that queens are elected on naboo it is a little weird yeah well that could also be that the word queen doesn't mean the same thing for them as it does for us too no it's a good point queen could mean like prime minister or something do you think they yeah. voted for boss nass <laughs> that's the only answer for that to be fair <laughs> he's going to be punished <laughs> he gods <laughs> okay I th- here's here's another hot take for me All right. I like how Yoda looks in this movie I oh, agreed. A, I was just I was thinking a, the same thing. I was about to say that this is probably the best CGI Yoda that I've seen in any yeah. of the prequels. <laughs> Took it's weird. This Yoda almost made me not appreciate him when they brought the puppet back in Force Awakens. How dare you even... Last Jedi. But Last yeah. Jedi, that one. How dare you even think about not appreciating the puppet coming back? <laughs> I mean, I appreciated it, but, like, this is just so much more articulate. Stop. (laughs) Some things have to be kept pure, Devin. (laughs) Not everything can change. I keep forgetting that we're going to act. They're filming the, the Kenobi series right now. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. So when I was, when I was in high school during a like uh, civics class, there was a question. Uh, there was a question about uh, like the Patriot Act that was enacted oh, after yeah. like nine 11. And the teacher literally the next day brought in this movie um, and like put that scene on where he was like, this is one thing you're going to hear about the Patriot Act and basically had what Obi-Wan Kenobi said about giving the chancellor more powers and how concerned Obi-Wan Kenobi was. And then he put on a different movie of like the other side of things. It was kind of, it was neat. It was a good way to do it because he did teacher. Well, it was only one course. I mean, and it was high school. So, you know how that plays out. Still, I appreciate him for that, or her. Him. It was him. I appreciate him for that. That's cool. <laughs> I like the squashed window look. <laughs> Who doesn't? And the UFO style lamps. That's a. I like that transition. Can we just take a second to appreciate Obi-Wan's boots in this scene? Because he is flaunting.
I'm not used to seeing uh, Sam Jackson with two eyes. <laughs> Thanks, Marvel. But what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? I think there were like three like memes I... in that scene. Yes, <laughs> there are. <clears throat> I like the idea that Kali Mundi said that on purpose to get Yoda away from the the temple for everything that's about to go down. Oh, did he really? I mean, I mean, if it wasn't for him saying, "What about the droid attack on the Wookiees?" Anakin would have gone to Yoda instead of Mace Windu. That's a good point. Holy cow, he would be the coolest character in the series. Hayden Christensen gets a lot of flack for this movie, or he did. He's not as bad as I remember. What didn't they like about it, though? I mean, he comes off as a little whiny. (laughs) Can you? He comes off as whiny. People thought he was unemotional. Um, people People had more problems with the character than actually him. That was the problem. And like everything else people did with the prequels, they blamed the actor and not the writing or the directing. Yeah. Well, he has an interesting time in this movie because he is supposed to like be overcome with all of these emotions and he's literally in a club that tells you not to use emotions. Exactly. So like, that's a hard place for an actor to be in, like be overcome with joy, but not like know that your character is not allowed to show emotion. Well, that and when these movies came out, nobody really wanted to see what a real portray, what a what a what a real portrayal. Uh, God, I can't talk. What a real Betrayal. depiction of. Oh, thank you. you. Thank you, though. <laughs> um, what a real depiction of a young man trying to like balance out his emotions looks like. That's what it looks like. Confusion. You know, a lot of like, you know, like a lot of like a lot of looks of depression, um, a lot of being unsure of yourself, uh, not being really like uh, showing a lot of emotion. Like, that's all real. Like, if you have a guy who's trying to balance out being a man with also dealing with your emotions as a teenager, you get Anakin Skywalker from episode two and, and this. Well, and this... What is he doing to her belly? Rubbish. Well, what's he doing? That? Sometimes I wonder what you're doing to her belly. I mean, here's the thing is she's totally right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over the uh, past six years, I think everybody can 
relate to this conversation of trying to have a level-headed conversation with somebody they know that should know better, but are kind of slipping into uh, extremism in one way or the other. No, I, I mean, I think extremism is a good way to, to phrase Darth Vader. Oh, no, it is. It is 100%. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I'm listening to this conversation and I'm getting flashes of conversations I've had with people over the past, like, five, six years of, like, trying to have, like, a level-headed conversation about stuff, and but they're so rooted in their view that yeah. it turns into that kind of a conversation. That's, that's, that, that's, that's what I mean. Makes sense, though. Real quick, uh, that blue guy on the left there is George Lucas. Is he really? Yep. <laughs> That's neat. I've never understood what's going on. Is it a space? It looks like a space opera. Yeah, because this is a space opera. Is it actually a space Star- opera? Uh, th- Star Wars? Yeah. Oh, I meant... Star Wars in general is a space opera. This is a literal space opera within the space opera. Wasn't the first one a Inception space western? before Inception. I mean, the, in general, the whole thing is a space opera. Oh, got it. Like the whole Star Skywalker saga yeah. is a space opera. That makes sense. You can have an opera with different styling. Like you can have an opera set yeah. in the, you know, as a western. That that can happen. I mean, I think the New Hope is kind of a Western style, and we'll get into that a little bit more when we talk about um, the Hidden Fortress on our episode on Tuesday. Oh, cool! Uh, which is probably out now if you listen <laughs> live now if you're listening to this. Um, but I feel like these prequels are more political thrillers than anything. Oh, they are. It's they all kind politics. Of feel like it. Yeah. I mean, it's straight up. Which I don't think. Pe- Sorry. Which I don't think people wanted from a Star Wars movie, which I, I can understand that, but I think it works better than it works better in time than it did when these first came out, I think. Yeah, because I mean, prior to these coming out, they had the like remastered special editions of the original that went to theaters. Oh, so yeah. people were all geared and they were like, oh, Star Wars, Star Wars. And then George and then, of course, George Lucas came out with these and they to get to where to get to where Star Wars the whole storyline to get to where it was in episode 4 you need to explain what happened politically for the galaxy to get to that point and to do that you need to do political thrillers which is what these movies are and so it's deep rooted in politics and it's just one of those it, like you've got to understand how it works for it to follow the storyline. Because I know so many people when I was in school and these movies came out that they were like, I hate these movies. It's not Star Wars. It's all politics. It's not war. And it's like, well, technically it is war. It's the build-up to war. I mean, in this one, like, the first sentence of the opening crawl was the word war. Yeah. Like, I think we got there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we technically got there at the end of the last one before this, episode two. Mm, true. Oh, do tell more. Darth Plagueis the Wise. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> it is so rude how he's just talking over top of this opera. I was just going to say, you know he's evil because he's talking in a theater. <laughs> exactly. 
and you two are talking over the story of Dark Plathis the Wise. I want to hear this. Shush. <laughs> you have, I know you have subtitles on. You can read it. <laughs> how, how? You two are evil bastards. I don't care what you say. Man, there are so many memes in this. Really, there are. And to be fair, I just love this scene, though. Yeah. See, when he says the most ironic thing was that he couldn't save himself, the look on the actor's face, you can tell he is envisioning, remembering, killing him. Yeah. And that's why I love that scene is the acting performance, because you can just tell, like, You know, if anybody wants an example of how of, you know, of like when if you want an example of a character saying that they killed someone or saying that they did something without saying that they actually did something, look at that scene. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Obi-Wan showing up in boots again. So, did you see the third uh, Jedi Master that's in hologram, but he's not saying anything? The one that that um, dies when he's in the ship. Oh yeah, with the horns. That's me it's during his. Yeah, him. That's me during a Zoom call. Like I'm, you know, I'm not there, so I'm somewhere else. But I'm just listening to everybody talk, and then I'm. Just, but I'm just like I just have it on in the background, walking around. <laughs> I always, like, pretend, like, I'm super interested, even if it's not, like, about me. Because I don't know if, like, I always get anxious that, like, someone's looking at my, like, minimized panel, even if I'm not a part of the discussion. Yeah, no, I I don't, I don't bother. (laughs) I don't bother with that. So many Wookiees. So wasn't this, like, the biggest jerk move of the Republic? Like, they defended the Separatists from taking over, but then literally turned around and enslaved them the second they were done killing them, Separatists. I mean, how many times can we point to that actually happened in reality in just the 20th century alone? And that's all I'm going to say. That's fair. Very fair. (laughs) I have no response to that. (laughs) Someone's shooting at Yoda. Don't do that. And this is the third, and this is the the second point in this movie that I hate the CGI. The shipyard in the background? Uh, Just the, the, uh, when they were walking before they Mm -hmm. started talking, that looked about as bad as that ship that he was leaning on talking to Anakin. I mean... It doesn't take me out of the movie. For it all... For it all being blue screens, it doesn't look bad. No, true. <laughs> I mean, it, it it is it is jarring, but yeah. I think that's part of the style of this movie. Is he relied so much on blue screen that there's no actual 
I, I don't think there's any actual backgrounds in this movie that aren't blue or green. Yeah. But it's just, uh, it's just like it, it, like compared to everything else in this movie, that scene and uh, that other scene in this one are like subpar compared to everything else. Which is not really saying that it's bad or it's a detriment to the movie. Like it's just my rating scale for like the quality of each like set piece. Um, yeah. It doesn't take me out of it or anything. It's just one of those little silly things that I'm just like, oh, this look doesn't look that great. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they made the clones look just slightly enough different. Like, they all had different hairstyles, even though they're all played by Tamora Morrison. Well, I mean, you have to make them a little different somehow. Well, even before the Clone Wars um, TV show, they, they gave them the different hairstyles, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Because even though you make the clones, and they're all going to have the same type of, you know, like genetic mindset from each other. They're still going to be a little bit yeah. different because their life experiences, even though they're all going through the same process, is going to be a little different. So they're going to have those changes, which I like. What did you do? Just come from awake? <laughs> I'm jealous of that bedroom. It's very nice. It is. That's when you run. If she didn't run after he told her about killing the men, women, and children of the sand people... She's not running now. That's true. Oh. Not to defend what Anakin did. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but, I mean, he did just find his mother tortured and beaten to death. So, I mean, like, that's one of those things where it's like, she's older, he's still, you know, kind of young. And, like, you know, nobody's perfect. One major well, screw-up like that in this world is, I guess, I don't know, acceptable, but it's still wrong. Um, but, I mean... One genocide of... It was a tribe. It was it was okay. one tribe. It wasn't the whole species, okay? It was just one tribe. <laughs> I'm totally sounding like the villain here, and I know that. <laughs> you are. I was going to say something. Uh, um, no, I think if it wasn't for the Clone Wars starting when they did, I think she would have gone to Obi-Wan and be like, hey, uh, I'm concerned about Anakin... This happened. Yeah. He needs help. But instead, it's like, oh, hey, uh, here's this clone army and all of these robots. We're in war now. <laughs> uh, hey, Obi-Wan, when you get a chance, we need to talk about something. <laughs> but go fight the war and we'll get to that later. Well, okay, so uh, another thought I had to in po- possibly could be in her defense. What? Is that. Um, Using U.S. history, there was a certain point where somebody could come back from the West and say that, oh, I had to defeat a whole tribe um, and nobody would look down on them for it, you know. But if they were to do that to like somebody in their hometown or a bunch of people in their hometown, they would have been hanged for it. You know, it's the outlook on, you know, the uh, the the quote unquote civilized to the not civilized thing. 
So she could be a bad person to begin with and have that mindset anyway, if you know what I mean. So well, that's true. And I think up until Mandalorian, the sand people were kind of coded as the like, quote unquote, other like in just yeah. all of the worst ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing with Jawas. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because the only this time scene any... literally turned Romana's dad off of the movie. He said, I saw that lizard he wrote on and I turned the movie off and I hated it. Why? Because he doesn't like this, you know, you know, like, like this, you know, this species culture of a horse. Like, that's their horse. <laughs> I think well, it I hate just them. was officially too many aliens for him. He was just like, I'm done. It's a Star Wars movie. It's yeah, okay, I don't know though. what he was expecting. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. I think the lizard's cool. I'm not mad about the lizard at all. It's big. It's goofy. It should have been a beanie baby. That's all I'm going to say. It should have been a beanie baby. I mean, it probably was a beanie baby. I mean, I mean, like here, don't you see it walking? It was walking with Obi Wan on its back. Can't you just see like a giant T Y tag tagged to its ear? Oh yeah. It's no different than like Luke and Han riding on Tauntauns in Empire Strikes Back. It's just a lizard. I mean, that's fair. He's like that. carefully considering what he's going to do. And the answer is just jump. Hello there. Love it. See, I knew that was your favorite line. So I kept my mouth shut. And I told you guys. <laughs> That's not my favorite line. Well, it seems That's like. That's not it. the line. <laughs> That's not the line? It's my, favorite me- it's my favorite meme from this movie. Oh, okay. Still, my point still stands. <laughs> Squish. One of my favorite things I did was read the novel of this book that really dives deep into the lightsaber fighting styles. And I know that's like the nerdiest sentence I could have said, but I still really like watching this movie knowing what I know about that. There was a whole scene where Obi-Wan was supposed to fight the Magna Guards Uh before this fight, and they just cut it. And all you get is him dropping that thing on them now. I didn't know they cut it. Chopping one's head off. Oh, yeah. They didn't even film it. They're like, oh, we're going to make this simpler. Like, Ewan McGregor learned all the choreography. And it's like, you know what? Uh, we're just going to do this instead. Poor Ewan McGregor. No, I mean, I, I kind of like that because that ties into the whole Indiana Jones thing with the pistol. It does, though. Well, you heard they only did that because, like, Harrison Ford had, like, dysentery or something. Like, he was, like, very sick yeah. that day of filming. Yeah, and wasn't it like the thirtieth take or something? Like something it was like most, that. it was or like fifth or tenth or take, and he was just sick of it. Yeah, I mean, but it works. See, I can't hear the word dis. I can't hear the word dysentery without thinking of Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> What's dysentery? It's when you get diarrhea and your insides dry up, and you get diarrhea forever. <laughs> diarrhea forever. Speaking of, look at all those clones. <laughs> I love the crab droids. Like the most useless looking things ever. They're not even in the video games. Oh, aren't they? No, those crab looking ones that look like little, like, you know, the little, like, uh, beach crabs you find on the, you know, like, the, yeah. they're not in the video game. I never realized that. I think they're in episode three of the game. I've never played episode three, so that could be the case. I'm... S- 
I'm strictly talking about the Battlefront games. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're in Battlefront, but I think they're in Episode 3 of the game. Okay. Sound design for that monster is just great. I like to think of it as a lizard cat. Yeah, really, it's though. A, it's a lizard kitty. <laughs> I mean, come on. You can't tell me that that looks like 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 a lizard moving like a cat. Oh, absolutely, it does. Don't we see the scene in the Clone Wars finale? Yes, we do. There's yeah, yeah. Okay. It, 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 there's a part that like right before um, something happens, like either right after Anakin comes into the room or leaves the room, but I forget what it is. But it's information that I think. He... I think, it, I think uh, Ahsoka comes in and and talks to them, and she just missed Anakin. Yeah, I really like that. I never realized what a good study on manipulation this is. I was about to yeah. say that this is a perfect example of how people get manipulated. Like he's he's twisting his own like insecurities and fear against him to like channel his vision. Absolutely. Like if anybody feels that they have a relationship with someone that feels a little off, watch these scenes where Palpatine talks to Anakin in this movie and see if it rings true with any conversations you've had with that person. And if that's the case, I'm not saying that that's what they're doing, but just look closer at that relationship. I feel like it's a pretty solid gap in the teaching, like in Jedi teaching. Like, tell, like at least tell your Padawans like what the dark side of the Force believes, and show them why it's bad, or tell them why it's bad. So, like, yeah. someone just going, "Eh, you know, you could do this magic trick," isn't enough to convert them. Especially when you use that kind of language, because you can tell that he's being nefarious because of the way he's describing it. The dogmatic exactly. view of the Jedi, the way oh, exactly. he said that, isn't. He's not being honest when he's making that statement, and it's because of the wording and the way he's infusing those words. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I think like Luke calls him calls the Jedi on it in the Last Jedi. Like they were, Palpatine was able to come to view come to power because they were so blind to the dark side and its teachings, and that's the big problem with the Jedi. It's true, though. 
I do like that he plays around with the Palpatine voice a bit in these scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, you can like hear it come. I really appreciate his performance here. Yeah. I mean, this is the movie where he gets the most to do. So. It's true. Good old Sheev. Sheev Palpatine. Sheevy. Sheevy. Well, Obi-Wan's tactic here is just hit him with a stick. <laughs> hit him as hard as possible. That'll stop it. Well, I mean, when... I'll bear hug. When you're driving something that's basically one giant wheel on a ball bearing, I mean, all you got to do is knock it off just a little bit. Uh, it's also got legs, Ryan. Look at him go. Well, guess what? The tactic worked. <laughs> Okay, and I love how they set up why um, Obi Wan doesn't like to use pistols with this scene. It's a good little piece of backstory that feels more earned than like the sequence in Young Indiana Jones when he like finds the whip, hates snakes, and like gets the hat all in one day. <laughs> See, as a Boy Scout growing up and him being a boy scout doing all of that none of that felt like forced because i was like oh cool a mainstream character was a boy scout like i am but this part right here yep i love how like throughout all the movies they show how like clean lightsaber cuts are how they're not bloody how like yeah limbs get cut off but it's not gross and this is like the most disgusting death in the prequels Okay, I I have a theory about Obi Wan Kenobi. What is it? He's a pyromaniac. <laughs> He's just controlling his urges. Yeah, he just likes setting people on fire. <laughs> when who else is he set on fire? Oh, you'll see. Shoot, I generally don't remember. Oh, you're kidding, Ryan. Do you know where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah, I okay. I, I, I am. Devin, how long has it been since you've seen this movie? Oh, years. It's like the number one meme from this movie, for me, anyway. Oh, that part? Yeah, that part. I'm on board, then. So it would be better if he's confused to go with you to see what's actually going on so he can't be twisted. Oh, I was just going to say if Anakin said, okay, I won't go, this movie would be over right now. Yeah. Either way, the movie would be like, if Anakin were to decide to trust him, the movie would be over. If if, if Mace Windu would have taken Anakin with him so Anakin could see everything that, that, that would eventually unfold, the movie would be over. But neither one of those events happen. And it's because Mace Windu is basically a jerk to him to begin with. I mean, fair.
See, to me, I that to me that's great acting. I don't care what anybody says. Oh no, I the the more I the older I get, the more I appreciate his acting in this. Because like I see moments of myself when like I've had you know kind of like life decision moments that that um that that I've had to make, and I see myself a lot in those scenes with him when he's dealing with you know not. I've never had to worry about this exact issue, but you know, moments in my life where like, if I go one way, this could definitely change my life compared to if I do this, but I have to make a choice here. And right. I see myself making those decisions in him in, in, uh, in scenes like this. I mean, his biggest problem was that he was suckered into a bunch of really not, uh, into a bunch of honestly not good movies after this. That's what hurt his career. Yeah. He was in movies after this? Yeah, he was in Jumper. Oh, I forgot about that. Did I say suckered or suckered into? Okay. Well, I didn't really, that's kind of a knock against him. Like he was, I wouldn't be surprised if the studio was kind of like, Hey, you know, it'll be great for your career if you did this. So not, so not really suckered, but like, you know, steered. Sure. He said it. <laughs> I love it. Hmm. Oh. I love the uh, over-exaggerated 80 shoulders pads on his uh, outfit. Yep. So, Devin, you said you read the book. Yes. Isn't him killing these other Jedi, like, very violent in the book. A lot more than this. Like, this seems really, like, simplified compared to the book. Although I do like that they talk about how his, like, lightsaber style is more, like, like thrusting with the, the point of it than, like, anyone else's. Because mm-hmm. well, it's a it's weird a... way to use a lightsaber. Well, he's fighting like he like he's fencing. Exactly. So like I kind of take Pal, so I kind of take Palpatine as kind of like a, almost like a French noble because I like relate fencing to fr- uh, French culture for some reason. I don't know if it comes from there or what, but I always have. I love that window blowout scene. I love that too. Yeah, like look at him like holding this lightsaber now. Like it's just so different. <laughs> You gotta think about it. He's never actually been in a full-on lightsaber duel before. That's well, true. That though. we've that that we've seen. I mean, I'm not with a Jedi. Well, true. If the Jedi don't know it's him unless he killed them right out. It depends how many other, you know, people Sith-wise he's killed to get to where he is. Because the Jedi have been blind this whole time to, to him. So, I mean, who knows how many Sith are out there before he comes into play in this Skywalker storyline. Wait, there's only there's only ever two Sith. Well, the, the, the rule of two. The, the, yes, and then, but if there's any more than that, they, they, they basically destroy each other to get down to two. That, that's, that's what I mean by that. Like, You've got all these Jedi in this temple, 
And if it wasn't for the Jedi mm-hmm. Order being as powerful as they are, these people could have turned into Sith. And so if the Sith picked them up and then there's the rule of two, they'd be battling each other constantly to, you know, get down to two people. So, I mean, who knows how many other, you know, non-Jedi Force users he's had to kill along the way. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. See, if Anakin was there from the beginning, he'd understand. <laughs> His facial expressions in this scene. See that part and uh, Jim Carrey as the uh, Grinch to me are similar. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> also, isn't it like not confirmed, but basically confirmed that Samuel L. Jackson didn't die here? They hinted at it. Lucas, I think, said something along the lines of that. I want him to come back. Man, Palpatine's eyes in this are just... Awesome. And look nothing like Jar Jar's eyes. (laughs) It reminds me of the original Empire in uh, Emperor in Empire Strikes Back before they replaced it with Ian McDermott, yeah, mm-hmm. with this actor, yeah, um, where they had like actual lizard eyes on him. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, have you guys seen the video from Disney World where like the little girl in the crowd got called up and she had to choose between like Darth Vader or or the Jedi for one of the like random stage plays they do every day and like the girl like verbatim went up to Darth Vader and did this whole thing that Anakin's doing now just from memory. I love that. And I did not see that. It's such a cool video. Like she goes up there and everybody's cheering because, you know, like she wasn't a plant. Like it wasn't anything that the, you know, park did as theater. Like she honestly knew what to do to become a Sith, like as just a fan of the movies. Good for it's her. so cool. I I think she's like eight or seven in the video. I mean, I don't know how old the video is, but in the video, she's like eight or seven years old. I love how he has like the forehead version of a cluffed chin. <laughs> I like at this point he's just leaning into the evil look too he's not oh, like let me try to clean myself up he's like no no I got this I'm just gonna put my hood up so I look more creepy I mean his disguise is gone Palpatine was his disguise this is his true form
total cult move. Yep. Wasn't Gunray even in the first movie? Yeah. Yeah. He's the one who was... He was the one who was manipulated by Palpatine to do the trade federation embargo of uh, Naboo. Huh. So Palpatine's been playing the long con. Like, he did that to get the, that voice viceroy out of the Senate... Or the Chancellor out of the Senate and then use the Separatist movement from that to start the Clone Wars. I do like that level of detail, I think. I think that's really cool. It was 13 years in the making. It was, and that's, least. I don't know, well thought out, dang it. It's a long, it's a long con. And even then, it's even longer because because he's got to get the respect of Gunray to be able to do something like that to get him to embargo a whole planet. So, I mean, he's probably been working yeah. on this forever, almost. Did you know embargo backwards is oh grab me? <laughs> what is embargo backwards? Oh grab me. Why do you know that? It's from whose line is it anyway? <laughs> that's how, that's how I know that. Now, I saw a meme recently, and I can't get it out of my head now. So, all the soldiers right now are getting this message. Mm -hmm. All of them. What happens to the clones that have a, a damaged communicator? And then all of a sudden, they're looking around at all their comrades, like, shooting the people they're trying to protect. <laughs> and they're like, like what? Yeah. The level of confusion would just, would just be off the chart. I love that they explored that in the Clone Wars, though. Mm-hmm. These are my favorite clone... This is my... These are my second favorite clone trooper uh, outfits. They're very cool. Mm-hmm. You mean, like, yeah. the red the red ones? Yeah. Like the the red capy ones, like those are like those are my the second purple. favorite. Yeah. yeah, the purple. Those are my yeah. second favorite, like uh, uh, clone armor. All right, then, she's dead. You don't need to keep doing that. She's a Jedi. You never know. <laughs> and then the clones on uh, the clones here. These are my favorite uh, clone. Well, not back on the ship. You mean the ones on uh, on Kashyyyk? Yeah, on Kashyyyk. Those are my favorite. Like, I love the whole like scouter, like the whole like scout trooper look with the camo setup. This one's just rude. I always like thought this one was rude. I mean, the whole thing's rude. <laughs> rude. So this is what happens when Radio Shack tries to invade a Build-A-Bear workshop. 
and clearly Radio Shack lost. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I like this camo outfit. Yeah, Build a bear still around. So what does that tell exactly. you? Yeah. See, like not really the commander's look, but like the the normal troopers that they have, like the almost like the scout trooper, like the pre-scout trooper look. Oh yeah. There's the five o first. Being jerks. The most cringeworthy moment of the entire Star Wars series, right here. Why? He's going to kill those kids, I don't and know the if kid it's speaks to him. Okay, so I'm not talking cringe okay. as in like the modern version of cringe. I'm talking cringe as in like it makes your skin crawl, it makes you tighten up. Oh, it's like, yeah. oh my god, that's really going to happen. Like, and the the kids are the only ones who ever call him Master Skywalker. Oh, they are. I never realized that. And the kid's going to him for help. Because yeah. that's exactly who he's supposed to go to for help. Yeah. Like, that's being lost in the mall and going to the security guard and going, I need help, and the security guard taking you away. Yeah. I like that because of that scene, like, any like any Star Wars anything at Disneyland, they're, they're, they're supposed to be in theme. Like, in Star Wars land, they're supposed to be in theme. They're not allowed to call kids younglings. Good. Also, isn't this Lucas's son? Scene. Yep. Yeah, and he's he's Man, acting like on. a kid. Yeah, I was gonna say he's swinging that lightsaber around like, yeah, no, my dad owns this. I'm just here. <laughs> I'm just here. Like the boss's son. I want one of those rebreathers so bad. I've wanted them for a while. I think they're so cool. I still don't understand why you needed to put Chewbacca in this movie. How old is Chewbacca? Old. Yeah, because there's at least what he's a few hundred years old. To him, Han Solo is a, a puppy. <laughs> I didn't know he was that old. Yeah, aren't can't Wookiees live like six hundred years or something? Yeah, the average lifespan, I think. Yeah, it's a lot of life days. <laughs> the Tantab. He he's a hundred and ninety years old in solo. Wow. I think this I, might be the coolest part of this is the Tantov. I loved Yeah. When I first saw this movie, I loved that transition between like you've got all like the prequels set up and the way things look, and then it's the first time like you're in an Alderon ship and it goes like Oh, look, it's normal, like, science fiction sci-fi, and then, boom, Attack of the 1970s. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is my favorite bomber in Battlefront 2. More than the Y-Wing? Yeah. Ah, Get out of here. I I like how it launches, it launched the bombs forward. 
it makes sense. I was actually upset that they made it a bomber. Oh, why? Because to me, like, it shouldn't have even been in the game to begin with. Because all the per- like all of the ships serve a purpose, and you've seen them serve that purpose, I think. Um, but that's the only one that like doesn't really have a purpose besides like transporting people, like. And so the fact that they put it in there and made it a bomber, I was kind of disappointed. I don't know. No, I get that. We need to move the storyline along and the writing along. Come on, Anakin, speak up. (laughs) Whoops. Is it still a Republic when the Chancellor takes full powers? So really, he's betraying the Republic by following the words of a dictator. Pretty much. I mean, it's about to become the Empire, so... Yeah. Thanks to Jar Jar. Yeah, everything that happens rely relies on like characters saying things they shouldn't have said, like Jar Jar or Kali Mundi getting Yoda off of Coruscant. Yeah, pretty much. Like we we just gave Palpatine a lot of credit for how long he played this game. A lot of it relied on like dumb luck and manipulation of very stupid characters i mean the jedi order is just dumb in this whole prequel trilogy yeah because they're like oh we got an army from somebody better not investigate and just use them yeah don't they explore that in rebels no not rebels Well, I think it actually hurt him in Clone Wars because they explored a little bit in Clone Wars. They talk about the people that like hired and made the clones and like they weren't great people. Yeah. I'm trying to. Somebody goes on the trail of the Jedi that's supposedly put the order in and ends up that uh-huh. he's dead. And then somebody winds up in prison and they have to do a prison break. Was that Rebels? Or no, was that, that Clone was Wars? Clone Wars. Okay, so I'm thinking of Clone Wars, okay. Man, just seeing Mustafar makes me start to sweat. I like how there was Vader has like a, a a fortress on Mustafar in the sequels, right? Yeah. Do we see it in anything but we Rogue see One? It in Rogue One? Yeah. Is that it? Uh, then that's a that's yeah. a shame. I mean, you see Mustafar again at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker, but they don't show that it's Mustafar. Oh, I didn't know that's what that was. Yeah, the planet where he gets the the thing to take him to the Sith planet. That makes sense, though. (laughs) 
Why did that need to be so sassy? I was going to say, like, that's very ominous. I can't talk. Whatever. <laughs> ominous? Yeah. Thank you. I love this theme. Let's give it up for John Williams. He's so good in this. He's good in all of them. Like, all nine Star Wars scores that he did are fantastic. To be fair, I don't know much about the prequel or the, the sequel trilogy scores. I really like the theme he did for Ray. I'll have to listen to it again. You know, this scene here is why R2 doesn't stay at the ship when Luke tells him to later. He's like, no, last time a Skywalker told me to stay at a ship, bad things happened. So I'm coming. Time to admit it, Gunray. You should have never made this bog end. Yep. So, Devin, in the book, uh-huh. isn't there, doesn't Obi-Wan, like, walk in like a, like an injured old man? Oh, he does. And then. I forgot about that. He tricks him. him. Yeah. What a silly thing. He walks in like a, like an injured old man. And then Yoda jumps out of his hood and then, like, a, yeah. attacks yeah. everyone. Yeah, really a silly scene in real, like, in the book. Yoda's CSI game is strong. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't have the sunglasses. I feel like what he did to make like an, an acting technique, I think that he did, or not even a technique, just something I guess he decided to do. When he mm-hmm. talks in, in the makeup, when he's doing his speeches as the emperor, I always feel like the way he's moving his mouth, he's just on the verge of like drooling out of the sides of his mouth. <laughs> like he's, you know, like the way that his mouth hangs open and the way that he talks, like it, it, it it's almost like he's, his character's on the verge of drooling at the sides of his mouth because of how he's talking. And I feel like I mean, it fits it. for like the scars or whatever, the way his face looks. Like it, it yeah. works. Oh, agreed. Love that line. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. unabashedly. Yeah. Yeah, now you're at peace. Yep, there you go. 
three movies later, he gets what's coming to him. Again, he should have named. He he, sh- he should have never made that bargain. Yeah. I like how Yoda just knows what it's going to be, and he's trying to like. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Like, I love how Yoda wasn't even going to tell Obi Wan about it. I wonder if he he's concerned that Kenobi would like turn to the dark side after seeing this, because of how close they were as friends. Exactly. Yeah. Or like he would like just let his emotions take over at that point. Neither are you, but yeah. Okay. I'm going to remember that line and say it really weird from here on out. What? Uh, that uh, Anakin Skywalker is gone and there's only Darth uh. Vader. <laughs> Anakin not here right now. Only Vader. <laughs> uh, Darth Vader killed your your father, Anakin. All right. <laughs> no, he didn't. Stop it. Uh, from a certain point of view, stop it. <laughs> from a certain point of view from a certain point of view you've turned into your father from Big Fish stop talking <laughs> good pull that's the line yep <laughs> that's the the, the the killing younglings and then trying not to laugh yeah like covering your mouth to hide your smirk. Is that well, what that's... that was? Yeah. If you see the behind the scenes of this scene, they they are having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> it's like a soap opera. Yeah, because like I was seriously about to say, like Devin, like your worst scene of his is when he gives that like we're smarter than this line because you feel like he's just like delivering it without even trying. To me, that's that line where he's like killing younglings because it's like it's too forced. <laughs> it's too... I mean, it's a silly line. Like, good for them for, like, getting through it. Mm-hmm. Sillier than her wearing a, uh, uh, a uh, carpet as a shirt. It looks like she, like, killed... It's a dress. It looks like several peacocks. <laughs> It looks like a rug you'd find in the back of an Astro van. I can't get better than that. <laughs> this is my favorite level in uh, Battlefront. It's a yeah. good level. I was going to say. Well, 
My favorite Easter egg in that game is if you play as the Clone Wars, you get Obi-Wan and Darth Maul as the Jedi heroes. Mm -hmm. But if you do Empire and Rebels, you get Obi-Wan and Anakin. Oh, that's cool. So you, that's how you get the duel, because technically that's the they're in the Empire age now. Uh, that's true, though. That's a really cool line to make. See, when it comes to, like, Star Wars space vehicles, I see these, like, silver sleek things as, like, these are the Audis and Mercedes of the Star Wars universe. Did you know that Captain Phasma's armor is made out of one of these ships? Is it? Yeah. That's the lore? The Naboo. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know any. I don't know anything about Phasma at all. It's it's in the book about her. It, it makes me mad because I, I had such a great headcanon built up for her before they revealed her story in that book. And I'm like, oh man, it could, it could have been so much cooler. I think her character I thought she cooler. was going to be like... Yeah, I thought she was, because the armor was made from a Naboo ship, I thought it was going to be that she had a connection to the Emperor, and that she was Mar the Mara Jade that they were going forward with, and she wears, like, she had, like, a, an accident like Anakin does, and needed it to survive, but build it out of the Emperor, one of the Emperor's shuttles, out of tribute to him. Unfortunately not, but that would have been really not cool. Not the case at all. She found the ship in the desert and then built her armor. Oh, out wait, that was it? it? Pretty much. Oh. Well, never mind then. See, I never really cared about the character enough to have headcanon about her. Well, they built her up so much. It, through advertising and toys, that was it. Like, they never really explained anything more yeah. about her. So I was just like, whatever, then she's they... in there just to be in there. And then they literally throw her in the trash. I hate that. What? I mean, other people have been thrown in the trash. Yeah, but it wasn't it was never such an apt metaphor for what they did with the character. I mean, when we meet Han Solo, he is pretty much a trash person. I mean, true. And and him winding up in the garbage chute, I mean, just makes sense. <laughs> It's like the reverse of a Beatles song. What new powers? You have no new powers. You're just evil. Right. Like <laughs> The power of killing people. I can do that. all this prime real estate we'll build a house here the thing is this is just a continuation of their uh conversation they had during their little picnic because there's no sand here more about uh, 
Anakin talking about how there's got to be a better way of doing things and forcing people to sit down and talk. Yeah. And she's like, but that's what we do. So what we do. <laughs> and do the jock move. I didn't hear anything break. I love that stance. It's so good. Hands on the hips, legs spread. Like Total. a scolding parent. Mm-hmm. I guess that's technically a new power. Yeah. Do we want to define force choking and being able to like move things with 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 the force as two different powers? I think we do because I think force choke is specifically like a dark side thing. Yeah. So it's more of the action using the force than the actual like a specific difference of a force power. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a, it's. Using it against a person to harm them like that. Like, I don't think you ever see a Jedi do anything like that except for moving objects. Except for possibly like, yeah. Or possibly maybe like holding someone still. Like, not hurting them, just keeping them still. Like, I can see that. I'm literally holding my jaw shut right now. (laughs) Best Star Wars fight scene ever. Agreed. 100%. And the song in the background chills. I just love how they're moving the lightsaber so fast at some points that it just looks like two prop planes about to hit each other. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just so intense. Like, I love it. You know, in the uh, art of the art of Revenge of the Sith book, Anakin in all of the concept art has a red lightsaber. Really, really. Which I'm glad they didn't do that because he doesn't have enough time to make it in this, like the way that they're doing this. Yeah. Unless they had his kyber crystals start to bleed from the attack on the Jedi Temple, right? Then I could see that that being the way they did it. But I just like yeah. that it's still like the last bastion of him being a Jedi. Is he... Plus, you also have to have Obi Wan get that lightsaber and take it to the loot. Right. Yeah. So, because I'm just going off of you guys on that because I'm not, I don't, I'm not as steeped in the lore when it comes to like the Kyber crystals yeah. to have a view on that one. Well, I, I think. It definitely boils down to Obi-Wan has to get that lightsaber and give it to Luke. So Yeah. Um So my favorite thing about the sequel trilogies is the lightsabers. That they actually have them light up and you get the reflection of the light on their faces. Here they're just fighting with sticks and then they add the glow. And you can kinda <laughs> tell. I also yeah. like the way that they do Kylo Ren's lightsaber where you can like tell it's like a little less stable because it's not like a perfect beam of light. I think that's such a good detail. Yeah. 
Well, that and they, they, I mean, granted, nobody's, nobody knew this when you first saw the movie. It was only like people had theories, but, but when the books came out, I like that they made it, uh, like a point to point out that like the little like guard things on the side that shot out, like that yeah. was like a blow off valve to keep the lightsaber stable because with, with, without that, the thing wouldn't be stable enough to like hold a constant, uh, power surge source. I don't know. Current whatever you want us to use. But like those little things that, that shot out the side were just like blow off valves to keep everything stable. I didn't know that. And that is very cool. Like, okay. Yeah. So now that I mentioned the thing about um, the emperor, uh, when he's like going like aha got ya unlimited power reminding me of yeah. Jim Carrey as the Grinch during that whole scene where like him and Yoda are fighting and I'm pretty sure it's uh-huh. going to be this way throughout on I can't I cannot not see Jim Carrey as the Grinch playing the Emperor now good <laughs> like I just serious whenever they show his face and he's smiling or laughing just like I see Jim Carrey's Grinch in the hood and not the Emperor I mean it fits. Oh, I almost forgot about this. I love it. Like, I like the Obi-Wan can't... Anakin fight here so much better than this one. Especially this part. Again, two Wait. prop planes. Two there prop... it is. The Obi-Annie. <laughs> it's called the Obi-Annie. Oh, it's so good. This had to have been silly to film. George Lucas off to the side. So what I want you to do is pretty much do a very aggressive high five from Demolition Man, but then pretend like you're blowing each other back. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love how much they kick each other in this lightsaber fight, too. Well, I mean, those boots are made for kicking. Obi-Wan just so proud of these boots in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I love the use of Duel of the Fates. This whole scene love, just scored so well. Damn. I I love the symbolism here that it's not just the emperor destroying what the republic stood for, but actually physically destroying the senate chamber. Yep. Um so he's not just like, you know, you know, tarnishing and destroying what it stands for and what the actual purpose of that room was for, but you know, the meaning of it, but he's actually physically ripping the room apart. Literally destroying it. Yeah. So that's I've always liked that part of this scene. See, Jim Carrey's Grinch. (laughs) Oh, I see it. And then even when, like, you don't see his face and it's just, like, his hood, like, he looks like when the Grinch was in Whoville, like, doing all the stupid little pranks on on everybody, and he's wearing the Who mask. Jury duty. Jury duty. I'm sorry, anybody out there, that I've ruined the end of this movie for you when it comes to this, but I just cannot see it. I just can't. I just cannot not see it. I just cannot. I hate that. Oh, the nail sound? I, in any movie, I hate it when, like, somebody's using their nails and they're showing, like, a scratch on the ground or on wood or they're being pulled and their nails are scraping. 
I Why? hate it because I don't know. Like I feel it under my fingernails. Like I see it and I yeah. feel what it, you know, it's like, cause I mean, like I've had it before where like my fingernails gotten caught on stuff and it's pulled back a little bit and it hurts. So whenever mm-hmm. I see that in a movie, my mind instantly goes back to those times when it's happened. And like, I yeah. feel it under, um, under my nails. Like I used to have the same thing with eye injuries. Whenever somebody got an eye injury, I couldn't look at it, but I'm over that oh, finally. Yeah. We should make that the poster. This is hey, the look, only part Yoda. of their fight I remember is Yoda crawling through his little duct. It's Yoda in a Jeffrey's tube. This is one of the parts of the fight I like where they have to balance literally not dying with also fighting each other. Like, they couldn't take a break, but like, hold on. Let's make sure we're not going to die from lava. Okay, now we'll fight. This is like two people bickering over, uh, like, their placement in, like, food order on the Titanic right. at dinner while the Titanic's going <laughs> down. Right. Like at this point, does it matter? <laughs> so I sent you guys the picture that of the from the cover of that uh, the Art of Star Wars episode. Oh, he does three. have a red lightsaber. Yeah. Also, in looking the, up this book a little bit more, it's worth way more than I bought it for at a used bookstore, and I'm kind of excited That's about really it. It's really cool. I always love when stuff like that happens. Cool. So I love how Yoda does a great impression of like a British politician where it's like he does one thing wrong and he's like, oh, I got to give up my seat. <laughs> he doesn't double down. He doesn't double down on it like every American politician has done in like all of American history. <laughs> I ask for examples, but I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Look up, go to Google and put in any year you wish and look up <laughs> political scandals and anything you find is an example of what I'm talking about. <laughs> it. <laughs> it's okay. I've seen Hamilton. I know. I know. <laughs> what a cool part. So this is why Mr. Miyagi had me balance on one foot on a wooden post on the beach. (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) Again, eerie similarities to conversations I've had over the next four, uh, over the past six years. 
Yup. <laughs> I mean, technically, he's not wrong. It was the end of his, like, you know, like, Jedi career from what he knew. It's true. So, I mean, he's not wrong. Slice and dice. So Romana <laughs> learned literally this year that when he said it's over, I have the high ground, that he was just literally talking about the high ground. Like he's just, he's <laughs> literally higher than Anakin. I think like she must have meant like well, you... I have the moral high ground or like I'm more right than you are. No, he's just a little higher up. So I know we've talked about this before. But there is a cut line from this segment where Anakin asks for help and Obi-Wan says no. I'm so mad that that's cut. That was the other part that I was sad they cut. See, the thing is... I like this version of it. Because... Anakin doesn't really need to ask for help for because I feel like through everything we know about Obi-Wan he would help him normally and you know like and pick him up regardless if he was friend or foe but because of this unique situation Obi-Wan decides to do something that's not in his character and not help somebody who is you know like who can't who can't physically help themselves. Well, I think it just, it makes it that much more powerful of a character moment, to be fair. Well, I mean, like, him actually saying no to somebody asking for help, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's just, I like the, the like, silent version of that happening in that scene. Got it. Like, more than them being explicit. Yeah. Which I'm sure if they would have left it in there, and that's how I knew it, I probably wouldn't even think of it. Like, it would be like, oh, cool, you know, that was a cool thing to do. So it's probably more of me just, you know, being more comfortable with this version of it. That makes sense. Also trying not to laugh. Probably. Every every time he puts his hand in front of his mouth now, I wonder... Well, I mean, if I was sitting next to 3CPO, moving like that, flying a ship, I'd want to giggle too. <laughs> well, he doesn't like flying, so he's just trying not to vomit. Or that. Yeah, I mean, you've got, I mean, like, all of these ships have, like, artificial gravity, like, uh, devices on them. So when you're flying around in space, I mean, it's got to adjust and change. So it's got to feel weird. So, Ryan, you never played the, the Episode 3 video game, but there's an alternate ending where Anakin does defeat Obi-Wan mm-hmm. on the high ground. 
And then he kills Palpatine and becomes the Emperor himself. Cool. That's like a cool really little like feature to add. Because <clears throat> you have to do the duel twice. You do it once as Obi-Wan and then you do it once as Anakin. It's pretty neat. Jimmy Smits. When I first saw this, I thought it was weird. I was like, why are they all stopping to watch a ship dock? Like, that's supposed to, you know, that's got to be a common occurrence. They're on an asteroid base. But then I thought about it. I'm like, they probably don't get that many shiny ships landing. So it would be like working yeah. at like, a, it'd be like working at like a car wash or like a gas station and then seeing like the once in a blue moon Lamborghini pull up to get gas and everybody stops and stares. Oh, I bet. Okay, do we think she actually lost the will to live, or do we think Palpatine's draining her life force to give it to Anakin? I didn't know that take and like it better. I actually thought that the robot doctor uh, messed up during childbirth and accidentally did something to kill her, and is just using this as a cover-up. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to prevent malpractice suit? What? I mean, what, really? <laughs> Oh, she died of sadness. <laughs> Definitely not that accidental incision. Just, you know, ignore the fact that on the autopsy, it shows a giant cut in the artery in the leg. <laughs> you know, sad sadness. Sadness. <laughs> no, actually, one better. Alan, you said that Anakin, because he had such a close, you know, like such strong emotions of love for Padme that he kind of in, inadvertently made her love him back as much as... You know, yeah. that what if his sorrow is so strong that it's actually killing her because all of the pain and torture he's going through becoming Darth Vader at this exact moment is just too much for her to deal with going through childbirth at the same time. So it actually does kill her. I like that, too. I like the idea, though, of Palpatine taking her life force and putting it in Anakin to help him survive because he's so weak right at this moment Ooh, i like that and i think i'm going to use that to add to, to what i said before they're linked she's you yeah. know doing that but anakin is like because you know because they're linked his body is doing like uh his body's is in survival mode so because they are linked and his body knows that and the whole force thing it's draining of it of her for him. Like he's doing it himself without knowing. I mean, I like that. Ooh, I have a lot to think about after this. <laughs> and that would explain that. Because as she, because as her life force was being pulled into him, regardless if it was Palpatine or Anakin doing it inadvertently, she would have actually felt inside of him to know that there was still good in him. Yeah, well, that's true. Because she has no real force powers. How would she know? Like, she can't reach out and feel. 
that way. And coming up is like the only drawback to this movie. The only, what do you mean coming up is the only drawback to this movie? You'll see in a second and I'll explain during the credits. That line makes your theories sound better, too. It does, and I totally forgot about that line. <laughs> Apparently in one of the books, they talk about his suit and how the suit... Right there. That, I figured that's what you didn't like, and I wonder why. It, it just, it doesn't... I get the crunching of everything in the room. I get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um... I get him walking out like, you know, like a lumbering robot because it's new limbs and he's not used to it yet. Understood. Mm -hmm. But like if he yells no, it's got to be one either louder or I would have liked better him doing the whole like superhero stance landing, like falling to his knees and just crushing everything. You you need to read the comic. There's a comic book that came out in 2018 the Darth Vader line that started then that picks up right in that scene. And there's so much more that they do with that. Like he says, no. And then he pushes Palpatine up against the wall. And it's like, you said you could save her. And like, there's this whole big dramatic scene. Okay. That I wish was in the movie. So that's better. Like, you should definitely check that out. So, so yeah. Just knowing that that makes it better because it's, it, it's him going no. And like putting his arms out, like it's like gone for the wind or something. And his plantation got destroyed. Like, I'm like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, like you're Darth Vader do, you know, whatever. Like I have it in my head that he shouldn't be doing that. He should be doing something else, but it is what it is. They did what they did. Oh my god, that 70s haircut. It's so good. (laughs) And right from Lord of the Rings. Oh, really though? Actually, this is more Games of Thrones-ish. I like nope, that they Star Wars. <laughs> I like they include her family that was from a deleted scene in episode oh, two. Oh, did they? Yeah. The the her parents and her sister are there. I never would have caught that. There's a whole s- sequence where Anakin meets her family on Naboo. I liked Invader's first order was like, you know what, the red, it's gotta go. Hmm. Huh. Man, that Death Star took forever to build. Really? Well, if you think about it, though, it would. The second one seemed yeah. like it was built in like a year. More slaves. I'm sure at some point they're like, you know what? We're going to start doing uh, another one of these, but make it bigger. 
Was the second I... one bigger than the first? Oh, huge. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to see more of Alderaan. Oh, I do too. Like, I feel like it would just be kind of like Naboo, but different. Like, the difference between, like, Australia and Canada different. But <laughs> I still want to see it. I love that, like, they let Leia be, like, raised on this beautiful planet in a mansion. And they're like, Luke, ah, desert. Like, I... I feel like that's almost, this is a pointless take and one that I'm probably stretching on, but I feel like it shows the difference between how, um, just like the assumption of how boys and girls should be raised. Just like, I like the binary sunsets thing here though. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, he was like, ah, it'll build character. I see what you mean. So like him living on a farm, that's like, oh, a guy rough tumble, you know, like, you know, it, you know, it's like um, handyman rugged, like the stereotype of what a quote unquote man should be. And then she's being basically raised as a princess. What a girl, how a girl should be raised. Like, I just see that as like the stereotypical, you know, like way that kids should be raised, you know, just the way people see it. Yeah, so I see that. So that does it for the movie uh it it's weird seeing joel edgerton there at the end because we're gonna we're gonna see him again in the kenobi series oh do we yeah he's confirmed to be in the cast with uh as uncle owen and the actress who plays aunt beru is coming back oh as that's well. cool good it means that they're actually getting uh work out of it they're not just stand-ins for the younger versions of themselves which yeah. i like I mean, Hayden Christensen's coming back, too. Do we think we get to see him as Anakin, or do we think he's just going to be in the Vader scene? I want to see it both ways. I want to see him in his bubble healed without the face mask on. Like, I want to see how much facial emoting Darth Vader could do outside of his helmet. Okay. That would be interesting. So it could be a little of both. All right, so... What do you guys think of episode three now that we just rewatched it? Oh, love it. it Absolutely. This is, it's, I love this movie. It's, it's a, it's probably the best done out of the prequels, but my personal favorite prequel is still the first one. I haven't okay. seen the pre, the first one in literal, like longer than I've seen this one. Yeah. The first one gets a lot of hate. And I totally understand the hate for it, and I've and I'm not one to defend it. It's just I find it really entertaining. Yeah. Oh, it is entertaining. It it it's. I I would rather watch that than Attack of the Clones. I wow. think, but that's just me. Uh, this is definitely my favorite. Uh, memes aside, <laughs> I think that the choreo- the fight choreography is the best. Um, the music's strong. Um. Yeah, I don't really have much it's else to a great say. Movie. But I think that does it for our May the Fourth commentary on Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. So hopefully you enjoyed watching the movie along with us. Maybe we'll do more of these in the future if you guys liked it. If you did, let us know on our Facebook page by leaving a comment, 
Uh, you can while you're there, make sure to hit the like button. You can also follow us on Instagram. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, I don't think we'll be posting this there, but maybe we will. I don't know. Um, and you can follow us on Twitch and watch our live streams, um, where Devin will probably be playing some Star Wars games this week. We'll be talking about the Hidden Fortress, the Kurosawa film that inspired George Lucas to make Star Wars, and some other stuff in the near future. Um, anything else that I'm forgetting, guys? No, I think that's it. I think you got it. Yeah, we're good. All right. Well, until next time, for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And may the force be with you. Always. Oh, it was nice. All right, I'm going to stop recording.